The Beverly Hillbillies is the funniest film of the year. Who'd have thought it? Witty and wonderful. Four stars. It's brilliant. <laughs> Funnier than the original. It's the best comedy ensemble cast of the year. Step up here. Let me take a good look at you. Lily Tomlin is a special treat as Miss Hathaway. Let me make a note of that. The critics agree. It's the most fun you can have at the movies. Thanks, y'all. The Beverly Hillbillies. Rated PG. You like it, the juice? You like the juice? No, podcast over. I know. I Bye, mean... everybody. What's next week? Is it <laughs> Surf Ninjas? <laughs> That's always, like, what you say when the movie really sucks. And I always try to stay, like, positive. Like, no, let's have a fun podcast talking about a shitty movie. But, man, this is one where I'm like, nah, let's just... <laughs> let's just pretend we never watched the Beverly Hillbillies. And I wanted this show to be your fault... But I was right there with you going like, yeah, we should watch the Beverly Hillbillies. This isn't going to be as good as Surf Ninjas. Oh, do I wish we'd watch Surf Ninjas. I know. Surf Ninjas was our backup pick. Uh, Mr. Rob Schneider brought us to the Beverly Hillbillies because he's in this piece of shit movie from 1993. Where, where do we even start with it? Well, two minutes and 20 seconds. We, we get our first fart. So we start off really good. Now, we've been calling you the Mr. Skin of Farts. I feel like we need... I mean, Mr. Fart just sounds very pedestrian. Like We need a name for you. Like, Mr. Skid? Like, Skid Marks? Ooh, Mr. Maybe? Skids. I like Mr. that. Mr. Skids. <laughs> Mr. Skid says, if you like farts in movies, two minutes and 20 seconds in the Beverly Hillbillies. And honestly, you could probably stop watching after that because it don't get much better. I mean, to be fair, I don't think there were any farts after the 220 mark. I don't think so. I think there that was the only fart. Burps, I think. There might have been some fart sounds, and I think there were some fart sounds with all the people on the plane when they were partying. Yeah, I think they were farting while they were partying. Well, yeah, cause, well, because the fart they were the, farting. Is the what, guy who farted, the guy who farted at the beginning of the movie, is on the plane at the end of the movie, and he. Oh, farts. it's the same guy. So it's a callback. It's a setup yes. and a callback. This movie is brilliant. I didn't give it that much credit. It's a fart back. Uh, and then there's another guy on the plane who's doing like an armpit under the uh, arm uh, fart noise symphony where he's just like really getting into the music so hard that his armpits are just like. See, that's that's what I thought I was hearing, because at that point I wasn't watching the screen because I was just dead inside, but I couldn't block out the sound of it. So I was just like, oh, oh OK, they're farting again. But yeah, yeah, I thought it was armpit fart sounds. I. I I started taking notes, but uh, I'm not gonna lie, I stopped pretty quick. Yeah, I, I started taking notes. Uh, no, I, I I played a video game on my phone. Actually, that's those are my notes. That's what you should do when you're watching the Beverly Hillbillies, because two minutes and twenty seconds is the first part, and then my next note just says Granny takes a shit. So, would you? I heard you say that. When when did that happen? I missed that. They like knock down the outhouse, and <laughs> Granny comes running out of it with her pants around her ankles. Yeah, there she is. Okay. No, now that now that I've I've solved that mystery, I, I, there's nothing else I need to talk about with the Beverly Hillbillies. Can we yeah. talk about something else? Yeah, they run into the outhouse, and that, I think that's how we're introduced to the late great Cloris Leachman as Granny. For some reason, I remember out this from taking a shit. It's weird. I remember this as Jennifer Tilly, and I don't know why. As Granny? Yeah. Jennifer I Tilly never... as Granny in the Beverly Hillbillies movie? But not Jennifer Tilly. Um. What's her name from uh, fucking Jennifer. Fried Green Tomatoes? Oh, Jen- Jessica Tandy. Jessica Tandy. That's what I'm thinking of. Um, um, yeah. And, and I don't know. I've never seen this movie. I just remember like the trailers and stuff, and I remembered it as Jessica Tandy. Yeah, well, you shouldn't see this movie. <laughs> you should, no one should have ever seen this movie. Um, I guess well, did we ever describe your history with this movie? The fact that I got to see one of the greatest movies ever made while you watched this piece of shit as a kid? I think we did last week, but if we didn't, I'll reiterate so uh, I was a scared little bitch kid. <laughs> like when I was a kid, I was just scared of fucking everything. I w- I was scared of the mask, like because his eyeballs popped out, and I was like twelve years old when the mask came out, so I shouldn't have been scared of that. But I was also scared of Jurassic Park. So when we went to the movies in 1993, Ben and Mom went and saw Jurassic Park. I didn't want to see it. One so, of the greatest film experiences of my life. Just going to say it right there. Wonderful film. So Dad got the pleasure of taking scaredy cat little George to the Beverly Hillbillies. And I know you feel guilty about that. Like, you put Dad through that. 
But I am almost certain that dad was like, yeah, I'll see the Beverly Hillbillies, that fucking idiot. He loves this shit. <laughs> maybe. No, no, no. Well, maybe before. I don't know. But after, it, dad has brought this up many, many times as like, oh my God, remember when I had to go see the Beverly Hillbillies because you were too scared to see Jurassic But I'm Park. just saying, between the two of you, whose idea was it to substitute the Beverly Hillbillies as opposed to anything else that was out in June 1993? I'm going to say it was his idea to pick this over... I don't know what else it would have been, but... I, I don't know. Maybe it was the only thing playing. I can't remember the, how the decision came to watch the Beverly Hillbillies, but it was a decision that my dad has always <laughs> regretted. And man, I... Uh, I, gotta, I gotta call my dad and apologize <laughs> once more, because this was just fucking terrible. All right, right off the bat, I want to ask... I, yeah, what, a couple months ago, we came out with the list of the worst movies ever that we've watched for this podcast... This this is on the list, right? It's on the list. I, I mean, it's nowhere near like Bucky Larson or um, you know Freddie Got Fingered or even Plump Fiction levels. I don't think it's not in the top five. I would say, but it may be top ten. I'm gonna say top ten easily. I would put Beverly Hillbillies in my top ten. I'd have movies. to look at the list again, but yeah, I I can't see this not making the top ten. This was bad, boring. Like it was. Just, this was the shittiest fucking thing I could have watched today. Because that's, like, the top five of our worst lists are at least somewhat fascinating in how bad they are. Like, this isn't even funny bad or, like, how did they make this bad? Like, the cynicism is on screen. Like, I know exactly why they made this movie. I know exactly what the idea was behind this from a marketing standpoint. But uh, fucking, oh, wait. Actually, now that I think about that, was this before or after the Brady Bunch? When was the Brady Bunch movie? Uh, Oh, Brady Bunch would have been 94, I think. See, because I think of the Brady Bunch as like the, the, the one that created that trend of let's take every old sitcom and make it a movie. But this was before that. Yeah, this would have been the year before it. So, yeah, maybe I don't. Maybe I don't have as firm a handle on why they thought this was a good idea. I, I just assumed it was like, well, the Brady Bunch was successful, so let's do this. Well, and then I want to I talk about the casting here because what, I, what made me feel a little sad was... You got guys like Dabney Coleman and uh, Lily Tomlin and Cloris Leachman, like the pros, you know? And I'll put Jim Varney on that list. We're both Ernest fans. I really wish he'd been able to break out of Ernest and have a bigger career in other movies. Yeah, well, I was including Jim Varney in the, like, because then you got Diedrich ba- Baker, or what, what is his Diedrich name? Ba- Diedrich Bader, who Bader, I also enjoy yeah. quite a bit. I'm a big fan uh, of his. But this was his first movie. This was Jim Varney's first non-Ernest movie, and Erica Alaniac as LMA. And they all seem like they are not <laughs> professional actors. Well, I, I blame that on the direction. We should point out this is directed by uh, Pamela Spheris, who is... Uh, Penelope Spheris. Oh, Penelope Spheris, who is the director... I only know her as the director of Wayne's World, and she did all those metal documentaries, uh, The End of Civilization or whatever they're called. Yeah. Um, and I'm, I mean, I'm sure she's... She probably did other shit like this after this. I can't imagine... I don't know. I think her career kind of fizzled out with shit like this. Did she do The Little Rascals? I think maybe she did that. Maybe. Or was it... Did she do The Little Rascals? Or did she do that fucking Slappy and the Stinkers movie with the seal? <laughs> or both? Slappy and the Stinkers. I know she did something else like that. I, no, I'm, I'm thinking it might be Little Rascals now that it... Yeah. Slappy and the Stinkers. I don't want to saddle her with that. <laughs> I've never <laughs> seen it. I just assume it sucks. I'm not 100% sure I know what Slappy and the Stinkers is. But this Slappy and the has, Stinkers uh, is, is Little Rascals, but crossed with that movie Andre, where the girl befriends a seal. Okay, then I do think, because that's what I was thinking. I was like, is that a fucking seal movie, or like otters are jumping around? Again, I've never seen it, but I remember the trailers when I was a kid, much like the Beverly Hillbillies. Ugh, the fucking... F- go, you go say what you got to say, because all I can talk about is the stupid middle finger gag, which is in every fucking movie. Oh yeah, it's it's how you define that someone is a fish out of water when they think a middle finger is a, a friendly gesture and then they give the middle finger to everybody they meet. Which we uh, realized watching this was in the last shitty comedy set in Beverly Hills that we watched for this podcast, Beverly Hills Ninja. They do the same fucking joke. I'm almost positive that joke is in Beverly Hills Ninja. But no, that, I think that's I think I finished my thought cuz it's just weird like cuz I feel bad for Jim Varney and Diedrich Bader and Erica Laniac because, like, they really think this is something. Like, they're like, oh, it's the, this is the launching pad to my career. And then you juxtapose that with Lily Tomlin, who there are times in this movie where I'm like, oh, man, I Lily Tomlin knows she's slumming it 
they, it's weird. Like half the time I felt like she didn't give a shit and half the time I felt like she was actually trying and I was like, why are you trying? I, I, I understood when you didn't give a shit. I don't understand the effort you're putting in here. Yeah, but then like trying too hard. It's like she's not trying at all and then all of a sudden she'll be trying way too hard. Like she'll be doing these... Everyone is mugging in this movie. They will look straight in the camera and just like make a goofy face after they tell a terrible joke. And Lily Tomlin is probably the worst at it because like sometimes she's like scrunching up her mouth to like accentuate her teeth and make like a goofy face as if that's supposed to be funny. Like funny faces are funny. To be fair, if you're making a Beverly Hillbillies movie, and, and like I said, this is before Brady Bunch, where the idea behind these is you'd have some kind of meta thing to it, like you'd, you'd make fun of the original. This is like, let's just make the Beverly Hillbillies as a movie. That's kind of what the show was. Like, that's kind of what I would expect from a Beverly Hillbillies movie. Mugging after bad jokes. That's basically what the TV show was. Yeah, but, but it's a movie. Like, that's a sitcom. Like, the, if you were going to stay true to that, you put a laugh track under this so I know when the fucking jokes are. I, I don't know. I mean, and Dabney Coleman, I, I like Dabney Coleman, big fan of him, but uh, I feel like he's always in shit like this. Oh, my and, God. This has like, got to be, like, the 100th movie we've watched that has Dabney Coleman in it. Like, he sucks, but in a way that endears him to me. Like, if that makes any sense. No, I, I get what you're saying, because I just watched him in this movie. But I, I honestly can't tell. Do you think Lily Tomlin and Dabney Coleman hate being in this movie? Or do you think they're like, hey, let's this is fun, right? This is funny shit we're doing? Well, I feel like Dabney Coleman, this was his career. He did nothing but these kind of movies. Lily Tomlin, I feel like, maybe had enough shame where she might have resented it. At the same time... You know, she's been in a lot of other shit, like fucking Incredible Shrinking Woman, and I, I don't know. So maybe this, maybe she just had, like, she was just used to slumming it. I don't know. I don't know if they were behind the scenes going, like, why the fuck are we in the Beverly Hillbillies? Yeah. Well, because that's what was going on in my mind while I was watching the Beverly Hillbillies, because there is nothing fucking on screen to care about with the Beverly Hillbillies. So I was just imagining, like, what happens when the director yells cut, like, what are Diedrich Bader and Lily Tomlin talking about? And, like, does Lily Tomlin immediately light up a cigarette and go, Oh, this piece of shit. Oh, I'm going to be paying for this. Or are they like, Hey, good take, Diedrich Bader. Make your face a little bigger next one, next time. Yeah, and it... Again, I, I was... Watching this movie, I was... I had an idea based on, again, thinking it was in the tradition of, of you know, Brady Bunch and those kind of meta sitcom shit movies... Now, now that I realize this was sort of the predecessor to that, all of what I was, because I was like trying to compare it to like, what is it worse than? It's got, it's got Leah Thompson in it. Is it worse than the worst Leah Thompson movie, Howard the Duck? I think. So. I think. I oh, think yeah. so. This and is that's one of the worst movies ever made. That I can watch it for its kitsch value, and there's like some weird shit in it. It's bad. It's a bad movie. But this, it's like, there's nothing even like. Even like fascinating, like you, it, there's nothing like like in Howard the Duck. It's like this, like George Lucas actually like thought this was a great idea and like had weird shit like the aliens in it. This there's nothing like that where it's like oh clearly this was somebody's passion project. There nobody wanted to make this movie. Yeah, you have like Jim Varney was like yeah I want to be the lead in a movie for once and not play in earnest. And then yeah the breakout people, but like even at the production side, like I don't think anybody was like the Beverly Hillbillies TV show is. Go a gold mine, or a veritable you know oil field that we can plunge for for comedic depth. I don't think any who who thought this was a good idea and why. I don't know. I see passion behind it though, in a weird way. Like I just see um, a, a, like a terrible script, maybe that they weren't that like they had to stick to because the premise of, is fine. I'm fine with the idea of just taking the Beverly Hillbillies and making a movie out of them, but there's no jokes in this movie and there's no like maybe i'm supposed to get all the character development from you know seven seasons of the beverly hillbillies that i binge watched before i came to the multiplex in 1993 but i don't know who any of these fucking characters are either are they smart are they retarded i don't know sometimes they seem like backwoodsy but then sometimes they seem like straight up fucking stupid and i I do feel like so much of the movie assumes you know these characters and love them from the show because they don't really introduce any of them. 
they're just they live in this world and you're supposed to go like oh that's granny and that's you know jed and jethro and you know that, yeah you're just supposed to kind of pick up on their personalities without them being established yeah, but why didn't they like so we even if you had no concept of the original series it, the, the premise of the movie sets it up you know easily these are hillbillies who strike it rich and they move to beverly hills but why didn't they make this a fish out of water comedy well, I feel like they they started doing that, and then they realized they didn't know how to write that, let alone any kind of comedy, so they just <laughs> kept writing and writing and writing, going, I think we'll find a point eventually, and then they got to the end of the script and were like, I guess we're done. <laughs> I, we wrapped up whatever plot we started, I guess. I mean, everyone's at a happy point, so let's just roll the end credits here. And I wonder how much blame goes to Penelope Spheris, who... She made it, she kind of broke out with Wayne's World, but comedy was not what she ever wanted to do. She started in documentaries, and, and that I think that was going to be her focus for the longest time. And then it was just Wayne's World was such a big thing that they gave her this, because it's like, yeah, she knows comedies, right? And she doesn't. She doesn't understand tone or timing or anything that would make a good comedy. Yeah, and judging by this movie, um, yeah, no, I definitely blame her for a lot of this, because the tone is inconsistent and then the acting is different from uh, the tone as well because this movie should be like cartoony by the way the characters are being portrayed but it's almost like they have cartoony characters in the real world like they're setting this in Beverly Hills like the Beverly Hills is the real Beverly Hills but everyone in this movie is a cartoon well it's like and I'm comparing it to like Again, like the Brady Bunch and after that, where it's like there was the weird world of the there in the 70s and everybody else is in the modern world. Like it, that had a hook to it. And a lot of the, the movies that came after that that were kind of inspired by that had a similar hook. This doesn't have that. It's just let's make the Beverly Hillbillies into a movie. And going back to Wayne's world, it doesn't have the central focus of, you know, Mike Myers and Dana Carvey, who had those pre-established characters and knew what to do with them, what made them funny. Like, I would almost suggest that they probably directed that movie as much as Penelope Spheris did. Probably. You know, whereas this, you don't have any of that, so it's Penelope Spheris saying, oh, how do you make a comedy without the guy who made all the funny things happen? I guess we'll just do this. And it sucks. It's just, yeah, people just mug to the camera. And then, like, scenes end on what seems like a joke. This movie is edited, like, really bizarrely. Because scenes will just end, like, abruptly. Sometimes on a, on a joke or like a laugh line, but when they even when they end on a joke, it seems like the scene is supposed to go on further. Like none of the scenes interconnect. It's just like a bunch of shit that happens. No, it feels like the editor didn't have the script with him when he was editing it. And like he was just like, okay, I think that's the last joke of the scene, so I guess I'll cut it here. Yeah, it never feels like, like anybody knew what they were doing in terms of building the story or the narrative. Yeah, or the narrative. No, there's none of that. And then, yeah, it's just a collection of scenes of... And, and, and then all of a sudden there's a fucking monkey. Yeah. But no, like why, when the the hillbillies get to Beverly Hills, there's like hardly any like, um, what I wanted from this movie is they get to a mansion. Why is it just like a pristine mansion? Like by the end of the movie, they're still in a beautifully designed mansion. Their front lawn has chickens and cows on it. But for some reason, like they didn't hillbilly up the mansion at all. Well, again, I think that's from the show. I don't think they did in the show, did they? I can't remember. I don't think I ever fucking watched the show. I don't know that anybody that did. Even, like, again, I imagine Dad was probably excited to see this in 1993. I don't think he fucking watched the show. <laughs> I think he remembered it from when he was a kid. And was like, yeah, that was great. The Beverly Hillbillies, just like Green Acres. I'm going to say Green Acres and Petticoat Junction don't hold up either. I know you're going to be like, ah, oh, but Green Acres was the good one. Uh, Fuck you. Green All those Acres fucking Hillbilly shows sucked. I'm glad when they, apparently they had like a thing where like all of a sudden one year they were like, anything with a tree in it, you gotta get rid of it. That's the smartest executive who ever fucking lived, as far as I'm concerned. Because <laughs> yeah, the Beverly Hillbillies was like the first one. And then they're like, oh, okay, Beverly Hillbillies, let's make Petticoat Junction, more hillbillies. And then they make Petticoat Junction and then they're like, ah, oh, Green Acres, more hillbillies. Wait a minute, and was Green Acres a spinoff of Petticoat Junction? I thought it was the other way around. They all live in the same universe. I think Green Acres was the last one. Oh, see, I always thought Green Ag Petticoat Junction was spun off of Green Acres. No, but I'm pretty. I'm pretty sure Green Acres was the last one, and I'm pretty sure Beverly Hillbillies was the first one. 
Because all I remember from Betty Go Junction is Uncle old Uncle Joey's moving kind of slow at the junction, yeah, which is that, one part of the theme song. <laughs> and the girls bathing in the in the, the thing. <laughs> that's part of the theme song too. You don't remember anything about Betty oh, Go Junction. I, I'm going to freely admit right here that I've never sat through an entire fucking episode of Petticoat Junction. It was the most boring fucking show I ever remember I watching as a kid. That show sucked. I, I remember I, I watched that on TV Land, but I don't know if I ever fucking watched the Beverly Hillbillies. But I imagine that show sucked too. The only but, thing I know about Beverly Hillbillies isn't in this movie, and that's Granny fighting the kangaroo. Why the fuck does Granny not fight a kangaroo in this movie? And they needed to give Granny way more than they did. Like, I, Cloris Leachman was the only one who I was like, ah, I think, you know, at least you're Cloris Leachman and I like looking well, at you. Well, she's the only one who knew what movie she was in and actually, like, still leaned into it. Like, you're right, like, Lily Tomlin, Lily Tomlin maybe knows what she's in and is half-assing it. And then you have, like, Jim, Jim Varney, they're like, they're not, they don't necessarily know that it sucks. Cloris Leachman knows that it sucks and she's going to make it, her, like, give it her all. Like, make, <laughs> make the most of it. That's why I am... The other disappointing thing about this movie, I mean, there's many disappointing things about the Beverly Hillbillies, but this movie ends, like so many movies we watch end, with blooper credits. These are the lamest blooper credits I think we've they ever had. so fucking lame! They're not bloopers, they're just, they're mistakes. They're like, if they flub a line, they're like, oh, let me take that again. It's not like, in a funny way. Well, no, because they're in alphabetical order. And, like, yeah, everyone has a little blooper, so it's like Deidre Bader eating a big sandwich, and then the sandwich falls down, and he's like, oh. And then, like, poor Buddy Ebsen, it's like, Buddy Ebsen is Barnaby Jones. And it's just fucking old-ass Barnaby Jones forgetting his lines. I know, it made me sad. That's not a blooper. That's a 90-year-old man who can't remember shit. And this was his last movie. This was his last memory of Hollywood was the (laughs) shitty movie that raped his own show. Two of his own shows. The last thing that went through his mind is like, ah, I had a great career. Oh, that fucking Beverly Hillbillies movie. Blah. Oh, man. Yeah, and, and it's not just a sandwich, by the way. It's a Subway sandwich. And we get the advertising right there. Because holy shit was Subway advertising shit in the 90s. What the fuck? Coneheads and a lady eats a big fucking Subway sandwich. Beverly Hillbillies, Jethro Bodine eats a big fucking Subway sandwich. Land of the Lost, Subway Sandwiches. Why does Subway Sandwich pitch its tent to so many shitty movies? I gotta see, I gotta see if, uh, if it, no, I guess Chris Rock is in Madagascar, right? Uh, yeah. We should watch that, because, uh, I don't know if you ever go to Captain D's. It's like the, like the poor man's Long John Silver's. I, I don't think that's an actual restaurant. Are they it still is. open? And it's I right. I think you're eating old chicken out of a dumpster pen. It exists, and it's right next to the Burger King by my house. And they still have signs up for Madagascar 3, which was like 10 fucking years ago. Yeah, like I said, I don't think Captain D's exists anymore. Yeah, I ate it right after I ate at Rax. You are buying roast beef and shrimp out of some guy's trunk, aren't you? <laughs> I was going to make a joke about the Noid as another thing that that they faded out, but I just remembered they brought back the Noid. I don't know if you saw that. I'm pre- uh, yeah, the Noid is the Noid's back. Do you, you know why they got rid of the there. Noid? Uh, no. Because there was a guy whose last name was like Noid, and he went crazy because he thought they were they were he was they were like stealing shit out of his brain. So he held a, do- a, a Domino's hostage and tried to kill people. And so they're like, we can't use the Noid anymore because now avoid the Noid means avoid the man named Noid who tried to kill us. But I guess like twenty years is enough, and we're like, yep, the Noid's back again. Uh, do Do you think it's gonna happen again? I don't know. I don't know if that guy's still alive. <laughs> I don't know if he's got a son who's equally crazy. You think there's going to be another unstable man with the last name Noid? I, who, who knows, maybe? I think we take that risk. So, where'd they get that monkey? That's the thing, because like, I get all the other animals. They're like farm animals that they brought with them, I guess. Even though they didn't... like They, they showed them coming on the, 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 the one car... I didn't see them pulling a trailer full of all their animals. I didn't understand that either. So they get, so yeah, the clampets, they get, they fucking get the oil, they go to Beverly Hills. And then they have all these cows and chickens and shit on their front lawn. But yeah, I don't think they brought them with them. I guess the clampets like did that so they could feel more at home. Or are they still like fucking, 
milking cows. For I feel like milk. that's just their life. That that's what they think life is. They don't know that we have billions of dollars now. We can buy milk. We, we assume we still need cows because we're dumb hillbillies. That's the thing that's hanging over this whole movie for me. Is the the entire premise of this, and it was true for the show as well. I just never thought of it as a kid. The whole point of this is that poor people are dumb. Like that's the joke. Isn't it funny how poor people are dumb? And that just that just really like. As an adult, now that I recognize that, it just makes me feel bad. Well, like, each of these, like, hillbilly shows was a little different. Like, Beverly Hillbillies was dumb hillbillies in Beverly Hills. And uh, then Petticoat Junction was just, like, all bunch of dumb hillbillies. But then Green Acres was a smart guy in uh, the hillbilly town. But, but the joke was always on him. Water. Yeah. yeah, he just, he doesn't fit in with their dumb ways. So then that makes the dumb people seem smart because they know more about this shit than he does. So yeah, no, that, true. well, you have even the pig is smarter than him. That's the joke, you know? Yeah. And that works. And in this, yeah, it's just, they're really but, naive and dumb. They don't even know what middle fingers are, which even, I think, like, that joke makes sense in Beverly Hills Ninja because he's a ninja. He's been in, like, this other civilization. They might not know what a middle finger is, you know? Or it works if you're an alien coming to Earth, and it's like, or it's like you know, E.T., you're like short circuit or something. You're a robot. You don't know that flipping off is bad. They're hillbillies. They're from Appalachia. They know what a fucking middle finger means. Yeah, this movie reminded me of Making Mr. Right, where like everyone was talking to a John Malkovich robot, and they couldn't tell that he was a robot, but like he was obviously a robot. That's kind of like this. People are talking to these hillbillies. And well, I guess they're uh, humoring them because they have a lot of money. Yeah, it's more of an it's Pat scenario where like they're humoring them because they want something out of them. In this case, their money with it's Pat. It's to find out his or her gender. But, you know, yeah. So it's it's not even that they they don't know that they're dumb. They know they're dumb and they just don't point it out. Well, then they need to do more with that because there is one point where uh, Mr. Drysdale is having dinner at the Beverly Hillbillies house and they're eating off of a pool table. And so I guess at no point Dabney Coleman was like, oh, no. This is for pool. This is like a game. This is the dining room table. But also you think the hillbillies, they eat at a fucking dining room table in their house, right? They have yeah, a table no. in, their, in their house. So they would know what a fucking table is. You'd think they walked through the whole house and saw the dining room table that was there, and then they saw the pool table, and then they chose the pool table. <laughs> and they're like, this must be where the food is. It's not this... that other table where right. all the dining ware is. It's this table because we're fucking morons because we're from the South. <laughs> this that's room the joke. That's, this room that's way far away from the fucking kitchen, this is probably where we eat. What do we do in that room with all the forks and spoons? I don't know. I guess we shove those up our ass. What the fuck do we know? Yeah, no, I just, so much of the premise of this, and again, it's weird that it never occurred to me until now that so much of the premise of this was just making fun of poor people for being dumb. I feel like I should have realized that. I just, I guess I've never given much thought to the Beverly Hillbillies as a thing. Yeah, well, I don't even care uh, if you'd use that as a premise, but at least be funny about it. Yeah, I mean, it would be be in bad taste, but at least it'd be funny. Yeah, to do that and not be funny, all I can feel is the bad taste. That's the thing about bad taste shit is if it's funny, it's fine. Yeah, but I, they should have gone, you know, full fucking hog with it, you know? Like, it, Dabney Coleman asks, like, oh, where's the restroom? And they make him take a shit in the outhouse that they built outside. They're like, no, 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 we shit outdoors because we're dumb hillbillies. No, they should have they gone full on with, like, you know, Jim Varney's like, I gotta find me a wife. And uh, uh, Eric Alaniac's like, oh, I gotta uh, become a, a full-fledged woman. Well, why don't I just marry you? Because we're from the South. <laughs> Incest is a thing. <laughs> oh, you want a wife? Dad? Well, I'm a lady. I'm surprised there weren't any incest jokes. Even like cynical, like the like the the guys from Beverly Hills make assumptions about them or anything like that, you know? I mean, I feel like they could have done that with the twin Deirdrick Baders. Yeah. <laughs> Dietrich Bader does play his twin sister, which apparently is canonical with the show. I looked that up. Max well, Bader I didn't. Jr. I didn't know that, but I I knew it instinctively because it's like that feels like a thing a sitcom would do in like season five. Yeah, yeah, that, that makes sense. But yeah, it was uh, it was a little shocking to see it <laughs> because they just cut back to uh, wherever the fuck they are, Dogpatch, USA, and uh, don't reference the Labner, a much better <laughs> yeah. movie. I can't remember where they were. Hooterville. Hooterville was their town. Uh, at least that was the town in Green Acres. 
Um, but yeah, they just, they're like, hey, uh, Jethro's mom, uh, we got some stuff to tell you over the phone. And then they cut to Jethro's mom, and she's like, oh, well, I got to tell Jethreen. And then just a lady drops a paper, and you see Diedrich Bader's face in a, in a wig. And I was like, oh, shit, that's what kind of movie we're in for now? And they don't do enough with that introduction of that character to the point where it feels like it's like a reference from the show that they made for the fans. Like, if we don't include Jethreen, they're going to riot. <laughs> right. Because <laughs> the one thing we all remember about the Beverly Hillbillies is Jethreen. No, we've already established the only thing we remember about the Beverly Hillbillies took place in the theme song to the Beverly Hillbillies. That's I thought that for the longest time that this was written by people who never saw an episode of the show and only know the theme song because like the first 10 minutes is just recounting the theme song as a, as action. And I was like I don't think they've actually, they actually know what the show is. Right, because if they did, why didn't they just remake the pilot of the Beverly Hillbillies? Well, I mean, I don't know if that worked. I don't know what happened in the pilot of the Beverly Hillbillies to know unless that's when she fought the kangaroo, in which case you definitely should have done that. Then you needed it. <laughs> I don't think they. I don't think they jumped right to kangaroo in the first episode. Everybody's like, "Hey, is the kangaroo coming back in episode two? Is that a, is is the kangaroo a regular character on this show?" <laughs> okay, so we're here in Beverly Hills. What should we do with our characters? Fuck, I'm out of ideas. Boxing kangaroo. I mean, it was one of the highest rated episodes of television, I believe, until the Mash finale. I think that's what I think the mash finale beat it like how many years decades later. Yes, at, at one point in history, the, the episode where Granny boxes a kangaroo was the highest rated episode of television. Uh, like non Super Bowl, non like JFK assassination or something, shit like that. Well, I don't know. Did did Jethro and the Lily Tomlin character fuck in the original show? Because I feel like they're gonna fuck in this movie. Why didn't they do anything with that? You, it seemed like they were building up Jethro and Lily Tomlin, who plays Mrs. Havisham or whatever the fuck it is. I don't remember Beverly Hillbillies sitcom, but yeah, it seems like they're building them up to be a romantic relationship. But they don't. They kind of just drop it. Well, at the end, they're dancing together, I guess. What did you want to see him actually fuck? I wanted to see a little penetration, yeah. Because that's, well, to me, it's like that almost felt like an improv on their part. Like, their characters didn't do anything in the original script, so they, like, improvised that, and they were like, are we here seeing chemistry with him? I guess let's go with it. Because, like, it doesn't have any bearing on the plot at all. Yeah. Or, like, Lily Tomlin's like, huh, this director isn't giving me anything. Hey, Diedrich. I'm going to create a subplot where our characters are in love. Yeah, that's I, I. it feels like it could have been that. Yeah, just to give me some kind of uh, fucking semblance uh, as, a, as a fucking actor. Oh my God, this movie pissed me off. Uh, can we talk about Zsa Zsa Gabor? What? Did I miss a scene that like made that make sense? No. Because, <laughs> yeah, she's just in the police lineup for no reason. I thought it was going to be a Green Acres reference, like she was supposed to be playing her character from Green Acres. Oh, no, that was her sister, Ava Gabor, was on Green Acres. See, and I, I never tell them apart. I, they're the same person to me. No, Ava Gabor was on Green Acres. Zsa Zsa Gabor, uh, <laughs> let's get into this. <laughs> yeah, take a sip. Oh, whatever you're drinking with ice in it. Oh, I'm sorry. I, I don't care enough about the audio quality of this episode to not mask the fact that I'm drinking iced tea. Take a sip while I teach you about the Gabor sisters. Sorry, I need to hydrate myself so I can have all the energy I need for this fucking story. I don't know anything about the fucking Gabor sisters. I was born in 1982. <laughs> I know all one I of them was on Batman. She was a villain on Batman. My, it could have been either one of them. See, exactly, Jaja, it could always be either yeah. one of them. There's no distinctive difference between Jaja and Ava Gabor. Well, Ava Gabor was more of the actress. Jaja Gabor was more of like the socialite. She was just like, uh, she was kind of like the Paris Hilton of her day, where it's like, or the Kim Kardashian, I guess. You know, she was just like famous for being rich and famous. And in the early '90s, she got arrested for slapping. She got pulled over for speeding, and then she slapped the cop. Also, this was a reference to a real thing. This is a total pop culture reference that only held up in 1993. That's so fucking weird that, like... Because even in 1993, I can't imagine that was, like, a huge fucking deal. The idea that you would put that in the movie as a joke. Like, enough people would recognize it even then. It was it was one of those things that, like, you know, Johnny Carson would make all the jokes about it, you know. Hey, and then Zsa Zsa Gabor slapped a cop. Oh, and then, like, the punchline would be, oh, and they were slapped by Zsa Zsa Gabor. 
So it, it was kind of a punchline for a little bit. I remember it as a kid. I think they did a sketch about it on SNL, too. But I mean, like, I would get it if it was like OJ or something, you know, like they have a white Bronco chase scene joke in a movie. I guess this would be later than that. But, you know, they, yeah, because that's in like, I can see that holding up. I feel like if as they're writing that joke in the movie, they're like, by the time this movie comes out, nobody's going to remember what this is. Oh, yeah. No, I'm not defending it as uh, good. I'm just uh, explaining it, I guess. But yeah, but no, she doesn't fucking do it. She doesn't even have a line in the movie. They just go... She has a line in the blooper segment. But she has more lines in the blooper credits than she has in the goddamn movie. Yeah. That's another thing about the blooper credits. Like, it says, like, Dolly Parton as herself. Zsa Zsa Gabor as herself. You don't need to put them in the credits. Well, I mean, I guess if you spent the money on Dolly Parton... Because like she even has a joke in the movie where she's like, they spent a bunch, a bunch of money to have me come here, and I feel like that was the actress saying that about the film set and not about like her her point in the scene. Yeah, but she's playing Dolly Parton, like she's making a cameo as herself. It's not like she's a fucking actress, and like I know she's an actress, but it's not like she has a role in the film. Yeah. She doesn't need a fucking picture credit. But obviously, in the context of the movie, they hired Dolly Parton to play at Jed uh, Jed Clampett's um, birthday party. Because they're hill people, they would know who Dolly Parton is. They don't know what middle fingers are, but they know who Hank Williams Jr. and Dolly Parton are. <laughs> well, yeah, they have CD players in Appalachia. Ugh. They just don't have plumbing. Well, why wasn't Granny making soup in the toilet? Yeah. I mean, like, just go fucking all out. They don't do enough with the, like, these are hillbillies in the big city. Like, it... it like I said, the mansion is, like, pristine and clean. Like, I, there should have been fucking monkeys swinging from the ceiling. Also, where did they get the monkey? See, because it's the only animal they have that, that like, isn't, like, a farm animal. Either they ha- just happen to also have a monkey, or they bought the monkey when they got to Beverly Hills, sort of like Bubbles, like Michael Jackson style. <laughs> so to feel more at home, they bought a monkey? That's No, that's my headcanon. They bought Michael Jackson's old mansion, and he left Bubbles there. That's Bubbles <laughs> oh, the monkey. Oh, Bubbles the monkey didn't come with him. I kind of like that if the monkey was just there. And they're like, oh, this is what Beverly Hills is like. They think he's just like, everybody has a monkey butler in Beverly Hills. <laughs> right. They go up to Mr. Drysdale, and they're like, so where's your monkey? <laughs> oh. um, but yeah, they have like otters and shit. So like, yeah, where did they get those? I mean, I guess they just established that the girl is a Ellie May. Is that her name? Yeah. That she just loves animals. She's she loves loves, but she talks about like loving critters, like possums and raccoons and shit. Like that makes sense. But yeah. So she went out and maybe went in the woods and found an otter and a monkey. Yes. And a monkey just in the woods of Beverly Hills. Yes. A local zoo broke down and all their all their (laughs) other animals escaped. Where'd she fucking get that monkey? Like I can understand like oh, we're going to have cows and chickens because we still want to uh, live by our hillbilly ways and make eggs and milk in the morning ourselves. I get that. Maybe they had some cows and chickens shipped. But you got to go through, like, fucking channels to get a monkey shipped to your house. See, and, like, that's that's part of the stuff where, like, you talk about how this is their cartoony characters but in too real and grounded a world. But it's only, like, like three-fourths of the time. Because then you get to, like, the end where they go to the, the old folks' home where they're giving old people electroshock. And, you know, and the monkey and the scene where the girl's, like, the lady thinks she's talking about a horse breeding opportunity. But Je- Jed thinks he's talking about fucking her. That like there's, scene, man. There's I stuff that's that. crazier. And I wanted the whole movie to be that. Oh, yeah. There were, like, two moments in this movie where I, like, kind of perked up, like, oh, maybe. Well, and that was the shittiest thing about this movie. This movie definitely would have been a 20-minute role contender. Like, I was ready to turn this movie off. But, like, I was holding out hope that maybe it was going to get wacky. Well, we, we scanned did. through this movie because we had the option of this or Surf Ninjas. And something about us scanning through the movie made us go, oh, this is, this is the real deal. This is what we got to do. I can't for the life of me remember what the fuck that was. I remember it was the scene where uh, Deidre Bader punched a hole in the wall and then like removed his head from the hole and just made like the goofiest ass stupid face right in the camera. And that's enough for us. We co- we constantly ask ourselves, how do we get into these, this mess? How do we get into movies like the Beverly Hillbillies? And it's because we, we are lazy and stupid, much like the Hillbillies themselves. 
we that's that was enough for us to go. We gotta watch the Beverly Hillbillies. I don't know if Surf Ninjas would have been any better, but fuck our sensibilities. Oh yeah, this is this is fucking terrible. Um, what else? Did I, I did take some. Oh. Uh, how about the scene where uh, Jethro auditions a bunch of wives for Jed? Which, I guess, because I, like, there's a whole movie about that called The Bachelor. Where, like, that's the premise of it, is that a guy gets a lot of money and all these women want to fuck him? Yeah, nothing happens with this. <clears throat> um, Jethro is like, well, because I guess the main plot of the movie is Jed Clampett arbitrarily just wants a wife. Like, that's his main goal. He wants to get married and have a mother figure for Ellie Mae. So you got Dabney Coleman and Lily Tomlin trying to find a wife. You got Rob Schneider and Leah Thompson scheming. They're going to have uh, get him to marry Leah Thompson to steal all this money. And then you got Jethro going like, yeah, I'm going to help him find a wife too. So he puts out billboards and television ads to say, come down to the bank uh, to apply to marry my uncle. And then you get this cavalcade of women one lady's has rollerblades and is uh, holding a snake. Well, that's just sh- comic movie shorthand for we got a bunch of crazy women who are defined by one clearly visible trait. Here's a goofy snake lady. I know, and they did that, and that's but that, that's the only scene where it got like absurd like that. Like they have like bald women. There's like old ladies. There's one like old lady who's like, yeah, I'm gonna get my money, my hands on that guy's money. You know, it suddenly occurs to me, because we were asking ourselves as we were watching this, like, how did this movie bomb? And apparently it didn't. It made, you know, good money for the time. And you mentioned it's, this came out the same year as Adam's Family Values. And it has the exact same plot as Adam's Family Values. Oh, yeah, it does. <laughs> yeah, because this made, like, about the same amount of money as Adam's Family. Because I couldn't, like, it made, like, $46 million. And I was like... Well, I don't know how much that is in 1993 money, and it turns out, you know, not a huge box office, you know. I can't giant, imagine it cost that much to make. No, yeah, that's it's probably at least doubled its uh, fucking. There's no money in this movie. <laughs> this movie's cheap as shit. I guess they had to rent that mansion. Maybe, unless it's like a producer's mansion or something. That's why they didn't destroy it. Oh, yeah, I guess when Ellie Mae talks right to the camera, that was upsetting. I didn't like that. Oh, speaking of that, um, when uh, when Jethro is recording the, the commercial, it's like he's breaking character. Like Deirdre Bader is breaking character and laughing through it. Did you notice that? Yeah, I thought that might have been acting. Like, he's playing Jethro as being uncomfortable on camera. I guess, maybe. I I just read it as, like, this is his first movie and he doesn't know how to stay in character. I was going to say, or Diedrich Bader was just giggling and they just kept that in the movie. Because they wouldn't have kept that in the movie. They would have made him do another take, right? I, does Penelope Spheris know to ne- do another take? And maybe she's like, oh, that's funny because he's laughing. So much of this movie, and that's, I mean, we don't talk about that a lot, but, like, so much of comedy, I feel like, is... I'm not laughing, but somebody will find this funny. A guy farts. People think farts are funny. Like, we write stuff, and, I mean, it's, like, amateur stuff that gets played at, like, local festivals and shit, but, like, people like our stuff at those, in the in that small pond, but, like, our, to the extent that we have any secret to make our stuff funny, it's, are we laughing at it? I can't imagine anyone writing the script was laughing at any of this stuff. They were just like, this is what comedy is, right, fellow comedy robot? Well, also, it's, like, way too big and broad to be a movie, almost. Like, some of the scenes in this movie, like I said, all the mugging to the, uh, the fucking camera, it's almost like they need to have a live studio audience to, or a laugh track. Just put a fucking laugh track under this, and it makes more sense. Yeah, and by the way, I did not realize to the very end that Buddy Epson was actually supposed to be playing Barnaby Jones. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So he ruined two fucking Buddy Epson movies? <laughs> but, or um, TV shows? But yeah, no, but yeah, it just it feels like... I don't know. Again, I go back to nobody caring and it being nobody's passion. But yeah, it just it just feels so flat and rote. It feels like a robot wrote it. Yeah, no, it's a... Uh... It's a big piece of shit. And yeah, I, I went through the rest of my notes. None of this shit I want to talk about. It's just scenes. <laughs> and, then, and I could pretend like, oh, hey, let's talk about the scene where 
Uh, Rob Schneider waxes his nose hair. That might be fun to talk about, but it won't be. It won't be at all. But yeah, the only other thing I, I remember that I thought was interesting was uh, uh, their scheme at the end when they're trying to rob them of all their money involves uh, having a computer where all they have to put it, they have to push the enter button that says we have all your money now, but they have to wait until they're married even though they're stealing it, so what does it really matter? They could just say they pushed it a few seconds before she said, I do. That doesn't make a lot of sense, um, because one, yeah, Rob Schneider <laughs> says, we will steal all of Jed Clampett's money as soon as you say, I do. As if that's legally, like you're not legally married until you say, I do. And what's the plan? Yeah, you were like, are they going to just run away with the money and get an annulment, I guess? Rob, you know, a uh, fucking, uh, what's her name? Uh, Lorraine McFly. I can't, what's her name? It's not uh, Elizabeth Shue. Leah it's Thompson. Not, Leah Thompson. Elizabeth yeah. Shue is the girlfriend from the second movie. I was trying to think if she was in the third movie. I don't think she is. Oh, maybe that's why I was thinking she was Elizabeth Shue. Okay. Yeah. That makes sense. Um, well, Elizabeth Shue was a recast of whoever played her in the first movie. Right, right, right. Not Leah Thompson's character. Leah well, Leah Thompson, Thompson is his mom who he wants to fuck. Yeah, right. Okay. This is all very fascinating. But anyway, Leah Thompson... <laughs> Leah Thompson is the one that fucked the duck in Howard the Duck. Right, and now she's going to fuck Jim Varney. She's going to be fucking earnest tonight if all goes well. But it makes no sense because Rob Schneider's sitting there at the wedding like, okay, as soon as they say I do, I'm going to hit the button that makes all of their money go into my bank account. This is a real fancy computer I have. And he's just waiting. But, you know, there's like, there needs to be a marriage license one. Like, you're not just married. You don't legally get all of your husband's shit after you say, I do. That's not how it works. And yet, then I guess Rob Schneider's like, okay, we got all the money. Let's go. And no one will ever know that we were here. Yeah, it's, it's weird. Like, they got pictures of you guys. They know who you are. You can't just steal all their money and run. But then that's kind of what they do. Because... Uh, something happens, uh, oh, the the monster truck. Lily Tomlin's driving a fucking monster truck and interrupts the wedding. So Rob Schneider and Leah Thompson, they run off with the computer. And then Rob Schneider goes, all right, it's all set. All of their money will be ours. Exactly one billion dollars to the cent. All I have to do is press this button. But before I press the button, I'm going to yell at these hillbillies that I hate them because they're stupid. You know, I kept thinking as I was watching this what I would have done. Because it never occurred to me that I, I just always assumed they owned like an oil field on their old land. No, I think they just sold the land. Yeah, in this they sold, yeah. like they sell the rights to it for a billion dollars. Like I was thinking like they should do like an environmentalist story where like they find out that the people they sold it to are like evil oil barons who are destroying the planet and they're country folks so they care about the land and it's like they maybe they get involved with some environmentalists and eventually they they donate the billion dollars to like you know a, a, they, they get become poor again because they donate their billions to stopping the bad oil company or something you know do something with the story rather than just be like isn't it funny that poor people live in a mansion and are dumb yeah and they don't even do anything with that concept so who who gives a fuck either way yeah it's like they don't yeah they don't care about any kind of discernible story structure that connects to anything from the premise. No. And again, I don't remember the Beverly Hillbillies sitcom. I doubt I ever watched it. It's possible that, like, all of these scenes are just lifted straight from the TV show. Do you think that's... I wouldn't be surprised if there was an episode of the TV show where a a greedy lady tried to marry Jed to get his money. That would make sense. It seems like, what else are you going to do on the fucking Beverly Hillbillies? Well, probably just, you know, wrestle kangaroos. <laughs> that's the only thing to do on the Beverly Hillbillies. That's every episode. That's why every episode was the highest rated episode of television. <laughs> I think that's it. It was just, uh, every episode was just the theme song to the Beverly Hillbillies. And then just 20, 26 minutes of Granny wrestling a kangaroo. Well, they had one episode where Jethro wrestled it, but nobody cared because it's like, why? Why would you bother <laughs> with that? Boo! We hate when Jethro wrestles the kangaroo. All right, what the fuck's going on with my Office 365 account? There we go. Can I just go to fucking to the thing to the thing? No, I don't want this thing. I just want to pull up my fucking spreadsheet. Right, I'm, I'm gonna take another SNL drink of my of my ice cold iced tea while you figure this out. <laughs> I all I want to do is pull up my Excel spreadsheet. Oh, that's delicious. Of. Every SNL cast member. 
so we can figure out what movie we're going to watch next Well, you're week. the one who uses fucking Google Docs or OneDrive or whatever the fuck. I just have Excel on my computer. Oh, yeah, no, I'm too cheap to buy it. Well, I don't. I have the free version. There's a, a WPS, which, I mean, I don't think this podcast is about <laughs> free versions of proprietary software, but if you're interested, WPS is a good uh, quality alternative to Microsoft Word. Oh, okay. Does it have an Excel program? It has, yeah, Word, Excel, and um, PowerPoint. Oh, well, this episode brought to you by whatever that is. WPS is what it's called. All right. So I am about to... I usually pull this up before the podcast starts, but... Uh, we couldn't be bothered after Beverly Hillbillies. To exer- <laughs> we wanted to exert as little effort on the podcast as the producers of the Beverly Hillbillies did for their movie. It was, was thematic. I was so done with the Beverly Hillbillies that I was like, I don't even give a shit. We're just going to fucking okay. talk about it. Until I'm, gonna, I'm just going to throw this out here. Better or worse than House 4? Um, I feel like I worse. got more out of House 4. Oh, yeah, definitely worse than Oh, House God, 4. it's Rich Hall. <laughs> yeah, I rolled Rich Hall. If you wanted to, we could watch an episode from good old season 10, the Billy Crystal year. Uh, I don't want to. <laughs> but at the same time, what is there to watch with Rich Hall? Yeah, um... Arthur Christmas, that was a fine movie. I don't think we'll get anything out of it. Nah, he's uncredited in Man on the Moon. Oh, Chud too, Bud the Chud. <laughs> we tried to watch that before and we couldn't. I know. Police Academy 2, their first assignment. I mean, I've never seen a single Police Academy movie. You know what? I don't know if I have either. Do you want to start with a sequel because <laughs> our fucking podcast is dumb and sucks? Police Academy 2, their first assignment. Oh, I mean, this looks so good. What could go wrong here? <laughs> Says the guy who picked Beverly Hillbillies last week. Okay, I will leave it up to you. I'm Police fine. Academy 2, their Fuck first it. assignment. What else do I got to do with my life? I record a podcast <laughs> where we watch the Beverly Hillbillies. Fuck it, let's watch Police Academy 2. Their first assignment, please. Their, it's a prequel, I'm assuming, where they go no, back to their, no. their first assignment. Is that not it? No, 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 no. The original Police Academy, they just graduate Police Academy. Oh, so this is where they're actually... So they're not even in Police Academy anymore? No, they're not in Police Academy. They've graduated, and now they're on their first assignment. Police Academy, I believe, 3 is back in training, where they have to go back to the Police Academy. So I already know they fail. So I've spoiled both the first Police Academy and the third one. And the second um, one. I don't know if they go back to training specifically because of the the acts that they committed in Police Academy 2. I assume somebody uh, murders an innocent black man in cold blood by stepping <laughs> on their happens. neck. I think this is the, the Derek Chauvin story, isn't it? I, I think that's what happens at the end of Police Academy 2. Spoiler for next week, but that's why they have to go back to training and uh, get Tim Kazarinski to join the cast. So yeah, we could watch Police Academy 3 because I know Tim Kazarinski's in that one. Well, no, we're watching two because we didn't get Tim Kazarinski. We got Rich Hall. No, I'm saying, you know, if we wanted to continue the Police Academy 2 saga. You know what? When we get Tim Kazarinski. But, I mean, I'm sure there are plenty of other options for Tim Kazarinski. (laughs) That's true. We could watch Plump Fiction. Uh, Wait. All right. Police Academy 2 is not on here. Yes, it is, isn't it? Oh, is it not coming up? Yeah, it's giving me the... uh, it says it was on there, but it's not giving me the... Oh, the stream is down, I guess. All right, well then... Oh, well, pity us. We can't watch well, Police Academy 2. Let's try. Why are you still two. trying? Why? I'm just we had a perfect see. excuse to not I'm watch it. click on this other version. Who knows? Maybe Police Academy 2, their first assignment, exists on this site. And you know what? It just might... Nope, I'm sorry, we can't, we can't. And there's only those two options that I saw, so let's go somewhere else. I apologize to the fans, but we're going to have to pass on Rich Hall. Unless, do you want to watch an episode of Billy Crystal Year? I don't even know if I have the strength at this point. Jesus Christ. Oh, you know what we talked about? We didn't actually end up doing. You want to just do the Charles Grodin episode? I know it's not season 10, but... Oh, yeah, that's right. Well, fuck it, yeah, we'll use Rich Hall as an excuse to just... (laughs) not do a Rich Hall movie or episode. Because Charles Grodin passed away uh, in the meantime, and and we wanted to do a tribute, so we're going to watch the Charles Grodin episode. Which What season is that in? That's a good idea. I believe that's season three. Uh, Yeah, Charles Grodin. Uh, This is a, like, I've always heard of this as the episode where Charles Grodin was banned from SNL and he went off script. 
But you, know, you can tell by watching it. It was a total gag. Everyone was in on it. But yeah, it's one, another SNL episode with kind of a a through line or like a connect connective tissue in between the sketches. Yeah, similar to we watched the Francis Ford Coppola episode where every sketch was directed by Francis Ford Coppola. This is sort of like that. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, it's, it's season three, episode four. Yep. Yeah, this is a really good one too. Like, I think I think you'll actually enjoy watching this. This is. This You've is said that cool. so many times. It has no fucking meaning. I don't know. I remember watching this episode and thinking like. I Charles remember is we're, a we were about to watch the Hulk Hogan Mr. T episode, and you were like, "This is a pretty good episode. I think you're gonna get a kick out of this." Uh, yeah, I believe I did. <laughs> but I think you'll get a kick out of this. Yeah, there's some good shit in this one. Yeah, I like this Charles Grodin episode. Is this the first episode we've watched from the original cast? Uh, I believe it is. Oh, okay. Well, that is interesting to me, because I remember that cast as being extremely overrated, but I'd be curious to actually watch an episode from those years. Uh, Yeah, this has Aykroyd, Belushi, Bill Murray, Chevy's gone by this point, but you got Gilda, Lorraine, and Jane... And good old Garrett Morris. Well, I think it's like the first five years are considered the original cast, even though there was yeah. some turnover. But yeah, then after that, it's, you know, yep. the, right. the great, yeah. the truly great years of Gilbert Gottfried. Well, because, yeah, we've been talking about watching the Charles Grodin episode. We, that's come up a couple times. And then, yeah, poor Charles Grodin passed away. So in yes. memoriam, next week we will be watching the, Charles Grodin. And who's the musical guest? Oh, I think it's Simon and Garfunkel. Paul Simon. Just Paul Simon, not Simon and Garfunkel. All right, well, there you go. I hate Paul Simon, so I'll be fast-forwarding through that. I, I hate a lot of Paul Simon, too. I don't think I like... I, I think I'll probably skip this Paul Simon. But I don't mind couple, Kodachrome, I guess. Yeah, it's a fine there's song, a couple but... Paul Simon eras that I like, but I don't think I, I'm too good into this, or too big into this Paul Simon era. All right, yeah. well, that decides All it. Right. Okay. It can't Charles be worse Grove than what we week. just went through. Oh, my God. Fucking Beverly Hillbillies. Fuck that shit. Alright, don't watch the Beverly Hillbillies, by the way. Alright. Good thing, though, about it, though, it's already, like, slipped my memory. I can't really remember much Yeah, about it. I'm kind of, yeah, it's, it's, yeah, it, I, I, I kind of can't remember anything either. So maybe it won't end up on the worst, because, like, you know. Maybe it'll be like Grown Ups 2, where we're like, did we even watch that? Should we watch that again? <laughs> I'm just saying, time heals all wounds. So, like, some movies still stay fresh, like. When I think about Man of the Year, I'm like, fuck that movie. But did that even like, make the worst list? Uh, I put it on the worst list, yeah. Because I don't think I did. I think I forgot about it. No, Man of the Year, def- I remember that made the worst list. But maybe this one won't because I don't know. In like a couple of years, maybe I'll be like, Beverly Hillbillies. I remember it being boring, but was it bad? Look, all that oh, yeah. all that Jeth Reen stuff was comedy gold. I'll say that. Oh my God. Wait, they put fucking Dietrich Bader in a dress and they don't even fucking do anything with him. Yeah, it wasn't like he was like an outrageous caricature of a lady or anything. It was just boring no. Deirdre Bader. There's ju- it's just a sight gag of Deirdre Bader in a dress, and then at the very end he like kisses Rob Schneider for like a real long time. But that's like that's the joke. It's just two guys kissing. Like he should have fucking you know ass raped Rob Schneider, right? I mean, you know, if you want to be really funny. I I realize uh, as I said that sentence, I was like. Man, too many of my pitches involve ass rape. Is there are but there any SNL so cast members? Are there any SNL cast members in Myra Breckenridge? Uh, I don't think so. But maybe Last Tango in Paris wasn't the butter on season six. Yeah, Gilbert Gottfried and the butter had a sketch together. <laughs> we can watch that. Uh, okay. Is that why you brought up Myra Breckenridge? Does that movie contain ass rape? Oh, that's a very famous uh, ass raping scene. Myra Breckenridge, uh, played by Raquel Welch, uh, is a, uh, a transsexual who... Uh, oh, no, does she have a strap on? I can't remember, but she fucks a dude in that movie. Oh, I think I started watching that once because like, it was on a list of like worst movies ever, but like I couldn't even get through it. I think it's probably for that scene. <laughs> okay, maybe. Well, I didn't even get to that scene. That's how bad that thing is. But not as bad as the fucking Beverly Hillbillies. No, I cannot imagine. Fuck this piece of shit. Fuck you if you like it. That's, yeah, if you tell me your favorite movie is the Beverly Hillbillies, fucking shoot yourself in the head. You don't this deserve is, to live. This is the worst fucking thing. I'm sorry, Dad. Fucking 20 years later, I'm still apologizing because, oh, I got... Also, let me mention this real quick. I moved to a, a new house... And it's got this little, like, third floor, like, little hidey hole. And I was like, oh, yeah. So I'm, I built a man cave, 
and I got a movie theater up here. Like, I put a, a screen on the wall, and I got a projector. So I watched the Beverly Hillbillies on a big screen. Not a huge screen, but, like, you know, the size of my wall. That was just a, a total bummer. Like, I'm sitting here in my comfy recliner, drinking a fake beer, watching the Beverly Hillbillies on a big screen. And, and my day's, like, fucking ruined now. Well, we should point out, yeah, you've moved to, to uh, a place probably a couple hours away now. Uh, we used to record this in person, and then due to COVID, we started recording it remotely. Uh, and now I'm just never going to see you again, because I have to drive, like, an hour and a half to two hours away to, be to your, get to your house. Yeah, it's about two hours. Maybe when I, if next time I'm in town, I'll just be like, hey, let's watch a movie podcast. I don't want you in my house. <laughs> that's true. I'd have to go to your house, which, uh, that's a bummer. Uh, uh, my house is not set up for other people that can't handle my stink. Um, <laughs> so anyway. And, uh, I haven't been there since before the COVID time. Oh, it's uh, gotten so much worse. Oh, I can imagine. <laughs> we have not kept up with, like, basic humanity. I can imagine... That it just got stinkier and stinkier. So that's it for the Beverly Hillbillies. Uh, <laughs> my house looks like the Beverly Hillbillies house before they got to say, the main. You should, they should, you should star in the sequel. <laughs> but anyway, that's the end of this episode. We're going to watch Charles Grodin next week. Is that all our business on the shed or on the outhouse, uh, I guess, this week? That's all I got. Take a shit in that outhouse and get, get off, off the shed. <laughs> Bye.